Messy Situations is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. You know, the three of us hung out a lot. We were super close. She was at my house all the time. But there had been a couple of times where we would all be together and they would just, something was just off. It was almost like they were flirting, but I was present in the room. It was just very awkward. And, you know, when your stomach fires up, it's just, again, women's intuition. It was like something's not right. Everybody told me I was crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. She would never do it. She would never do it. Well, you were close. Again, my best friend and my business partner. She would never do it, regardless of the fact your husband was a scumbag. Hello, I'm Kane Sarhan. And I'm Michelle Promaleko. And this is Messy Situations, the podcast where we break down and break through all of life's messes, starting with ourselves. Michelle, it is hot as balls in this room today. What is going on? I'm sweating and I'm wearing natural deodorant, which, let's be honest, doesn't really work. It doesn't fucking work. And by the way, I actually, I can't tell you how many times Danny and I have, like, debated against this because he is like a chemical old spice... <laughs> like ride or die loyalist and I'm constantly trying to introduce new natural deodorants and he's like no no and you know what this is a confession I hate that he's gonna hear this I secretly use his Old Spice but never tell him when I know I'm going into something I'm gonna be super sweaty because I know my shit doesn't work but I do it like so in you're shame. a hypocrite because oh, I was gonna hypocrite. say this isn't about you using his deodorant because you guys are intimate oh, so no, I don't he think doesn't the care deodorant's about that, but I problem. just don't want him to know that I crack sometimes and know that it doesn't work which <laughs> you, is... you don't you don't want to let him know he's right <laughs> yeah I I actually had a situation of sweating today I went in for a like checkup annual physical thing and i got on the in-body machine i've been on that i fucking love that machine usually but today was not a good day for me was it testing your body fat body fat you know everything and my in the past two months my body fat has gone up three fucking percent I went from an 8.5 to an 11.3. And when I tell you I had a fucking mental breakdown in the doctor's office today. And listen, I know exactly what it is. It was my birthday month. It was traveling for work. I've been eating a lot, drinking a lot, not working out nearly as much as I usually do. But when I tell you that I am not eating for the rest of the month. I am dying inside right now. I am not drinking for the rest of the month. (laughs) It was like the most, like, because this is the thing is I'm not one of those people who's like obsessive about weight, obsessive about food. I eat whatever the fuck I want. I drink whatever the fuck I want. But I am transitioning into an age. You're not not going to go there. I'm not going to go there with you. But this is the, no, no, listen, this is the first time where I don't feel like my body is resilient. Like, first of all, I've seen your body in all the pictures you post on IG. (laughs) Check it out. (laughs) And it's fucking sick. It's ripped. You're crazy. We've talked about this before. Vanity is, no, I is your messy it's, it's situation. Too, but, but this is the thing. As I was talking to doctor, I'm like, 3% in like 60 days is a big jump. Maybe the licorice you were eating at lunch today Fuck might you. have something to do with it. <laughs> you mean the Twizzlers that I inhale at my desk every single that day? That I took a few of, even though I wrote a book about sugar? Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That, by the way, you know everyone in the well office? <laughs> They, everyone's all like, wellness, sugar fiends. I have a secret sugar cabinet of like horrible high fructose bullshit that sits at my desk. And when I tell you I catch 92% of our company 
and they all know it's there, and they're all not allowed to do it. Like, with their hands sneaking. in the literal cookie jar. Literally. But literally. you know who can help us with this problem? Our guest, because our guest, Lorraine, is a fitness professional. She owns a beautiful boutique fitness studio that we're not going to name. And she has, I don't know, 0% body fat, I'm pretty sure. So I she can could probably, after we're done recording, she can probably give you some tips. Although that's not what she's here to talk about. I will take all the tips because just looking at Lorraine, I know she could kick my ass two ways this Sunday. She could definitely kick your ass, but you'd be like at the bottom of a long list of people whose asses she wants to kick. And so when we come back after this break, we're going to hear about who is in the number one and number two spot. Welcome back to Messy Situations. I'm about to get my ass kicked by Lorraine, but before we do that, we're going to jump into her story today and introduce her. Lorraine, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Welcome to Messy Situations. Thank you for having me. So... Can we devote the whole hour into my 3% body fat? Because that's how I actually know. <laughs> no, we can't. Okay, okay, okay. We have more important, we have way messy more important situations. Today. This one is a fucking doozy, I have to say. This is one of those things that you can't make this shit up. It really is just a crazy story. I know some of the details. I'm sure there's some details I'll learn today. But essentially, this is a betrayal of mass proportions. And it starts with you went into business with friends. So why don't we start there? Yeah, I worked at a studio with um, a bunch of other people and made some connections. And uh, I just felt that um, this one chick in particular, we just had a lot in common. We were friendly outside of work. We did a lot of things together, traveled together a little bit. And we were both kind of outgrowing that studio and sort of where it was going. So you wanted to be your own boss. Yeah. Yeah. I realized that I just wasn't cut out to listen to somebody else tell me what to do. So I decided to leave. Um, And real quick, can you frame this just in context? How long ago? was this this was seven years ago so seven years ago mm-hmm. got it okay so you guys decide to leave this other chick you go into business we together partner up. Yep. you partner up yeah and you just you open your own studio yeah and how does the partnership go and start off so because we were such good friends outside of work and everything just sort of it really like flowed really nicely um she knew one side of the business that i am not an expert in which is pilates so that's not my thing mm-hmm. um so i thought it would be a nice compliment to the what i already knew so we figured let's do this together and it was lovely for the first you know and less scary to go into business with somebody else sure you're going out on your own you're starting a business and you're like okay this is cool like half the risk double the fun this will be good true i had a lot of warnings people did tell me do not partner up don't partner well just in general not about her in particular okay just in general yeah yeah don't partner and we were like no no it'll you know we'll be fine but there's a lot of data about like you you know it's hard to go into business with friends a lot of friends get ruined because of starting businesses. I remember when Sarah, Rebecca, and I started, we had a lot of very deep conversations around what it meant to be business partners, how we separated that from our personal relationships. You know, the number one reason why companies fail is because of founder disputes. It's actually the number one reason. Second reason is capital. So going into business with someone who's friendly or you have a personal relationship can always be a bit complicated. Now, outside of business, what was the rest of your life like right now? Were you married? Did you, you know, like what were you doing on that side? Yeah, so I was married to my now ex-husband I had two stepkids that was to be completely transparent always a little tumultuous um, he had you know cheated in the past this on you or on somebody else on me but you know you think you work through it and you go through therapy and they tell you all the things that you want to hear and so at the time when I did start 
the business um, because we had to have that conversation where, hey, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to put everything that I have into this. Can you support this family? And he was very much at the time, very supportive. Yes, I can support you. And, you know, so. So you were committed to the relationship. It's not like you had one foot out or you guys weren't no, talking about no. like staying together. He was For supporting sure. the fact that you were becoming an entrepreneur. For sure. Yes. He was obviously like in a more stable job so he could. He also owned his own business. Yeah, things were good, like, in general. In general, everything was was good. Things were good. And how'd the business do when it started? Uh, My accountant was like, you're doing what? (laughs) You're opening a fitness studio? I'm like, listen, yeah, we got this. Yeah, it it exploded. It actually, uh, in the first few years, took off. I ended up having to acquire more space through my rental just because it was just growing so much. And I don't know, I think in our busiest year right before COVID, we had, uh, had, like, 20 instructors. Amazing. All together, yeah. I am not, I don't have a business background. I have an art history background so I did not know anything about running a business and to Michelle's point it was a little less scary knowing that you had somebody else there to kind of like take the heat with you if like shit goes down or somebody to bounce ideas off of or you know I was comfortable with her also not only were we yes business partners but outside of the business I felt like we had shared a lot of the same like values and morals which I was wildly wrong about but yeah you know you think you that's the understatement of the year so You guys have the business. It's going along well, as well as can be expected. But then things start going sideways in your marriage a little bit. Yeah. So again, he was sort of like a serial cheater. I probably should have left before this ever happened, but I didn't because, again, when I started the business, I had taken everything that I had saved and put into this, and we had decided, I guess a lot of people do this when they start a business, you don't you don't have an income yep. for the first year or two years, however Been long there. it takes to get it off the ground. So I was very reliant on him monetarily. You know, I didn't have an income. I had dumped all my savings into this. So I was leaning on him, which was part of probably the reason why I didn't leave I don't think that was the only reason, though. I think in hindsight, you're saying, yes, obviously, like you needed that income. You couldn't have zero income. Sure. But you loved him. You married him. Yes. You wanted it to work out. Yes, of course. Of course. I mean, there was kids involved also. Those kids are amazing. And, you know, you want it to work out for everyone's sake. And now what's interesting is what we're playing here and we haven't directly talked about is we have two relationships, one with a business partner and one with a husband, both that start off really great and both that start to fall apart. And the fact is, they're not falling apart on their own separately. They're actually falling apart together. Correct. As they fall into each other. Correct. And we're going to dive into how Lorraine lost her husband and her business partner at the same time when we get back. So I would be fucking murderous if I was you in this situation that we're about to dive into and like my heart is pounding. Your business partner stole your husband. Essentially, yes. (laughs) And I'd like you to take us back and sort of lay out how that happened when you first started to realize that shit was going off at work, shit was going off at home, and they were actually tied to each other. Sure. Yeah. So there's something to be said for women's intuition because there had been a couple of times over the course of the year before shit actually hit the fan where, you know, the three of us hung out a lot. We were super close. She was at my house all the time. She had two kids as well. So it was sort of like she would come over with her kids. We would all hang out. Real quick, was she single or was she with She's someone? divorced. 
So she was divorced mm-hmm. at this time. So, you know, we're all hanging out together. Uh, but there had been a couple of times where we would all be together and they would just, something was just off. It was almost like they were flirting, but I was present in the room. It was just very awkward. And, you know, when your stomach fires up, it just, again, women's intuition, it was like something's not right. But I would just tell myself, you're crazy, you're crazy. Knowing my husband had tendencies, like I knew what his, you know. He well, had- you probably thought you were being paranoid because of his history when really your body was talking to you. And we do this, I think a lot of people do this, maybe women in particular, ignore, ignore those it. gut feelings, but actually those are the feelings you should tune into the most. Oh yeah. Like when my stomach is burning, I'm like, oh, something is not right. But again, you ignore it. You know, I talked to some of my girlfriends about this. Everybody told me I was crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. She would never do it. She would never do it. Well, you were close. Again, to my best friend and my business partner. She would never do Regardless of the fact your husband was a scumbag. It's know? just like I, as someone who like, you know, my two business partners are like my sisters. And the process of starting a business is so personal. And it takes all your time and all your energy. And it's a roller coaster. And when you can have a friendship, it just makes it easier. Because it's so hard to, like, do this type of stuff. Yeah, you have loyalty and trust in this person enough to go into business. To do this with her. I was stoked to do it with her. Because, again, I thought it was like a sister. I'm best friend. What better situation could you ask for? So intuition's firing up. Yep, shit is not good You're in my talking belly. to friends. They're saying you're, you're crazy. being crazy. Are you like me and going through his phone? Because I would have then started going through his phone. So I'm really not that, I'm not that woman. I've never, I'm not one to do that. I don't know if it's like ignorance is bliss. What you don't know can't hurt you. And I just really didn't want to believe that this was happening. She had a big 50th birthday party, which I had helped orchestrate. And that night, that was towards the end of September. Towards the end of that summer at work, she was pulling away. We used to do everything together. And I could just sense that there was some distance between us just didn't feel like how it used to feel and because my husband had cheated in the past you know there's things you just catch on to behavior that you are just used to seeing it just everything was just sort of lining up where she was pulling away he was acting weird so her birthday rolls around he doesn't come home that night were you at her birthday Uh, yeah we were there we had gone we had driven separately and I had met him there there was maybe like 50 60 people there and I had gone home and he just never came home and where did he fucking go so I have no idea Uh, he came in around six o'clock in the morning I was just wide awake in bed back turned to him that feeling makes me I just I was up all night my stomach just lurched when you said that because that is the worst feeling in the whole world when you know your life's about to collapse or your relationship at least and you're lying awake in bed and it's like the tired wired nauseous terrible I was up all night but were you like texting and being like where are you uh, and her I was like okay I'm calling I'm texting no one's answering my text no one's answering my calls and you Um, know already I, I At this point, I was, I'm like, this is it. And honestly, even if it wasn't that, I'm not going to deal with that shit. My house is not a hotel. No. If you don't have enough respect for me or home or to at least call me or, you know, if you were drunk and you didn't want to drive home, okay, I would have come, you know, I've called an Uber, whatever. Or respond to the text. Just let me know, dude. You're my fucking husband. Respond to the fucking text. Even if you're lying, to not respond at all is actually even crazier in a way because it makes you think like he could have gotten in an accident he could have gotten a DUI he could have like been hurt to not respond is like doubly shitty I thought about going there it was like four o'clock in the morning and I thought about driving there but again it was like one of those things where what you don't really want to I didn't want to know I feel like I didn't want to know so uh, I ended up going to work that morning and I was teaching a spin class and she walked in with a big bottle of Vuv still in this super slutty dress from the night before and I was just like in the middle of spin class and full spin class I was like get the I was 
pissed. I, I knew. I just knew. Whether it was true or not at that point, no, no one was going to tell me anything different. I was just like, get the fuck out. In the middle of spin class? In the middle of spin class with my mic, with my Madonna mic on, the whole class, just everyone like yelling, screaming. I was like, get the fuck out. Like, yeah, I, lo I lost it. So she leaves. This is like a TV show. I know. But because I didn't it's have intense. any evidence of it, I ended up apologizing to her for freaking out. Because, well, what do you do in that situation? I mean, she's still my business partner. I have to see her at work every day. And here I am freaking out. And I really, I know why in my heart, in my soul, I knew why. But there's nothing to prove. So what, what do you do? But I did end up going home and telling um, my husband that I'm like, you have to leave. I'm not dealing with this. I've dealt with you cheating on me for seven out of the, you know, we were together for nine years. And probably a half of that, um, he had been cheating on me off and on. I was like, I'm done here. I want to back up a little bit. When things were sort of deteriorating with your husband, did you talk to your business partner slash friend she about things? knew everything because there was a point a year and a half prior to this happening where I had found out that he was cheating on me with prostitutes. And this is full disclosure, full disclosure. I had found out I was pregnant at the time. And he, again, these was acting weird at home, very distant, kind of like not coming home when we were like, you know, plans to eat dinner, just super aloof, not really answering my texts again, sort of like my house was like a hotel. He would just come and go as he pleased. I approach him. You know, I have, I'm really not big into kids, but I figured if we're going to do this now is the time. The business was doing well. His business was doing well. This just sort of happened. We'd always been very careful because he really didn't want any more. I was never really into it, but the situation arose and I presented it to him and he was straight up like, I do not want any more kids. And you told your friend this, obviously. I told, so she was there when I took the pregnancy test. She was like, oh my God, this is great. This is amazing. You can do this. My what a fucked up thing oh, to say. Wait, wait, wait. Are they fucking yet? Do um, you know? I don't think so. I don't think at this point. I feel in my heart and in my soul that at this point, no, they were not. Okay, so you've never confirmed a full timeline with these two? No. It's wrong on so many levels. She helped me catch him cheating. Because it's not only just that this what? guy is not a prize. <laughs> yeah, she helped me catch him. So I found out I was pregnant. I approached him. He said, I don't want a kid. We went and we did what we had to do. And what happened the day of the procedure, he dropped me off at home and left. Now, you're not really supposed to leave. God forbid there's any complications. So I'm trying to call him. There's no answer. No answer. I'm calling her because she is my best friend. She's like, he's got to be somewhere. Let me you know, whatever. Uh, he comes comes home after 12 hours of not answering his phone and me being home alone after having this terrible, horrific, emotionally draining procedure. And he tells me his phone was dead. His phone was not dead. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. And the next day she came over and she's like, something's very wrong. We need to find out what's going on. Let's get his phone records. Now, up until this point, I had, again, we just talked about this. I'd never done this before. I'd never bothered to look. We called Verizon and she sat with me and we got, because we were on a shared plan, we got his phone records and she helped me figure out that he was not only sleeping with one person, but there were multiple women that he was sleeping with. And she was like, I'm going to go. You need to have this conversation with him. And But wait, your husband, your ex-husband, mm -hmm. very, very ex Ex Very ex, yeah. Obviously is a sex addict. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Like we, I think we, I mean, not that we diagnose it, but he's obviously a sex addict. Mm -hmm. So she helps you catch him cheating. Correct. Now, this is where my shady ass brain goes. In hindsight, do you think that that was like she wanted to blow the marriage up by helping you figure this did. out? So I, there was always that, uh, you know, a lot of my girlfriends at, were like, she's just jealous of you because she has two kids. You don't have any kids. You're the face of your business. You know, she just wants to be you. She wants to skin you. She wants, <laughs> wants no, all of it. This is the she thing of like, she wants your life. Yeah. No, she wants your life. Everybody said that. I never saw it until look at it in hindsight. You're like, oh, well, maybe. Okay, so you kick him out. Yep. You are like, fuck you mm -hmm. and like kick her out the door and well, or the work, but then apologize. When do you actually like, 
confirm, validate, and what happens after that moment. Sure. So throughout that time, he then was like, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to get my shit together. We're going to go to couples therapy, blah, blah, blah. So we start working on our marriage. In the meantime, I'm still running my business with my business partner who has seen all of this shit go down. So fast forward uh, about a month later, we had a meeting in which we had a meeting outside of the studio. She told me that she had forgotten her purse at the studio. She's like, I'm, I have to run back to the studio and, and grab and grab my purse. I said, okay, you go do that. I'm going to go home. I got to my house and instead of getting out of my car, something inside of me was like, just go back to the studio. Just, just drive there. Just go there. So on my way there, and at this point, my ex had moved out and was just renting a house on my way to the studio. I knew the house. I knew where it was, but I had never gone there for any reason. On this day in particular, something inside of me was just like, just drive past the house. You have finely tuned gut instinct. Yeah, for sure. Women do not trust your shit. If your stomach is on fire, just trust what your body is trying to fucking tell you because 100% of the time it's right. 100%. So I get to the house and sure enough, her truck is pulled all the way into the driveway. So if you were just driving down the street, you would never see. You have to actually turn and go past the house. And her truck was in the driveway, pulled all the way up. You would never see it if you were just driving along. So do you pull into the driveway? So I take some pictures and I try calling like four of my girlfriends, which I just needed somebody to fucking tell me to drive away. Unfortunately, none of the first four people that I call answered their phone. So what do I do? Like a fucking lunatic. I get in Please my- Please tell me you went I to the house. Oh my God, I went to the house. Did I go to the house? So Ooh, I go to the house. I see, storm I up the stairs. The like, but that seems like the normal reaction. I walk up the stairs. He locks the door. tires. Oh, so, well, and then I'm like, I don't want to go to Wait, jail. Wait, he sees you coming up? He sees me. He heard me. I pulled in like a fucking crazy person. Like a bat out of hell. Literally, rocks flying. <laughs> I march up the stairs. I hear him lock the door. Now I'm banging on the door and I'm like, open the fucking door. He's like, I'm not opening the door because you're crazy. Like, you're going to come in here and just break. Oh, yeah. You're the crazy I'm one. Okay. But on in his, you know, in his, I was like, that was the was only thing he's been crazy. right about. <laughs> and you were so out of your mind. I go point. back down to my truck. I'm like, he's not going to let me in the house. I might as well go. I'm seeing red. Honestly, I kind of blacked out at this point. So I don't remember like details. But of course, she came to the front door after I got in my truck. No jacket on, no shoes on. I just rolled my window down. I was like, you're fucking dead. She called me. I still have the voicemail. What does the voicemail say? The can voice. You, can you quote it for us? At verbatim. Least, oh, of course you can. Verbatim. I would it's never the only one it. I have saved on my fucking How voicemail. How many times? Here's if you listen to that. So I played it for friends, like a, my therapist, a few times. Um, but other than that, I just saved it. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why I still have it. I'm like, it's not healthy to keep listening to it. Just... I don't listen to it now. Okay. But in the beginning, I definitely did. It was just like, I know it looks bad, but it's not what it looks like. That's that what was she's the that's, it's that's that's what it says. I know it looks bad, Bitch, but it's not what it looks like. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So wait, you're fucking like. dead. You're dead. I you go leave? home. I black out, and now I'm mad because it basically confirmed for me. So I didn't. This sucks because, yeah, her truck was in his driveway, but I didn't see penis enter vagina. So I'm still stuck in this position where I don't really, they could have been reading the fucking Bible in there for all I know, okay? It's true. She could have been giving him advice on how to win you back. Totally. I don't know your brain totally. can go in so many things. Right. But listen, no shoes, no jacket, vagina was out, penis was out. <laughs> and you know also, it. also, the most cliched thing you could say in a voicemail, it doesn't look like. This is, is not what it looks like. It's it's looks it looks bad, like. but it's not what it looks like. Okay. She told me that he wanted her to see his new apartment. 
Now, <laughs> you're not living on the Upper East Side. No one cares to see your apartment, okay? No one cares. So do you keep working with this woman or is that so, the end? Like it's like disillusioned no, papers, no, no. we are moving on. So I end up calling a private investigator because... I don't know what to do at this point. He tells me that I don't need him, that what I need to do, and this is the this is the real kick in the ass, I needed to call them both and apologize for my behavior, for lashing out, because if they were actually having an affair and I am angry about it, they're going to take whatever they're doing into like, it's going to become super secret. Like I'm never ever going to be able to catch them at this point because now they think I have this idea and I know. So I had to call her and apologize. Wait, you did? I had to. I had to go to work the next day and look at this. Ew. No, this is legal strategy. Mm. This is her private investigator saying to her, they're going to go into hiding. You're never going to have concrete proof. You need concrete proof and in order to, to like. Yeah. It's honestly making me nauseous thinking that I had to, I had to fucking do that. But did but it pay did off? It. So I apologize. I go into work and I say, listen, I don't think our friendship is ever going to be the same regardless of what was going on in there. However, if you still want to be my business partner, I would ask one thing of you. Please just stop talking to my ex-husband. Oh, but we're He wasn't even your ex-husband yet. Right. He's your husband. I'm still my husband. Oh, but, you know, I will do that. Look me square in the eye. Swore to me up and down. She wanted nothing to do with him. There was nothing going on. There would never be anything going on. I said, okay, fine. I just want to proceed as business partners. Let's just do this. So I had to go into work every day and look at her knowing that she was... That was November, December, January, February for four months. So four months every day. Every day. I deserve a fucking Academy Award, okay? I, I don't know who. can't it imagine. Took everything I had in me to walk in there. I was emaciated. I couldn't eat. I couldn't oh, sleep. Because it wasn't horrible. just like, oh, my best friend's sleeping with my husband. It's just like my business is tied to this. This is all I have. I'm sure it's the same conviction that comes with your workout routine. I don't know how for four months you did that. When did it finally just, when was enough enough and it had to stop? Um, We do fitness retreats. So we took uh, like 20 girls down to Costa Rica. And on the retreat, I had noticed her behavior with her phone. She was just super secretive. We were driving in the middle of God's country. I'm like, let me, can you drop a pin? She's like, I'll I'll do it. She was just very protective over her phone. And then really uh, long, long story short the very tail end of our trip we were sitting down together it was just the two of us everybody else had gone home and I was talking about my divorce with her and she blurted out my alimony number which was super (gasps) awkward because I don't discuss the only people who know my alimony were my lawyer my accountant and my ex-husband uh, and if you recall, the one thing that I asked of her, if she wanted to continue being my business partner, was to please just not speak to my ex-husband anymore. And I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm done with you. I was like, when we get home, I'm going to buy you out of your half of the business. And I just no longer wish to be in business with you anymore. And at this point, I still don't know that she's sleeping or having an affair with my husband. All I know is that I cannot be in business with a liar. And I asked you one thing, and that was, please don't speak to him. Obviously, you are. I can't trust you. I'm out. I'm done. So we get home. And... uh For the entire time I was separated from my husband, like you were saying before, oh, do you check his phone? Do you follow him? I didn't do any of that shit. I did have access to his email, but I never, ever looked at it, ever. Again, ignorance is bliss. What you don't know can't hurt you. I get home from Costa Rica. I'm all decided in my, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy her out. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm sitting there one morning at seven o'clock. I go to, you know what it was? It was Dropbox. It wasn't his, he never took his Dropbox off of my desktop. Fuck yes. I fucking opened that up. I found the mother load. Pictures, text messages, emails, videos going back to right when I thought it was the end of that summer just before her party. And I felt so valid. I was so happy. I think I jumped up and screamed like, oh my God, yes. Like I was felt so validated for months. But you had to be simultaneously 
fucking decimated. Well, yeah, I think at that point, I don't know if I was so scared yet. I was more, again, just validated that I knew for months and months and months all the shit that I thought was that happening. you weren't crazy. I wasn't crazy because everybody was like, you're crazy, you're crazy. She would never do it. She would never do it. Well, look, she fucking did it. And here's all the evidence. So what I did was, so she's at the studio teaching. It's like 7 o'clock in the morning. I take all the pictures. All, I, t- I put everything into a separate folder. I go to the studio and I just randomly start sending her oh. naked pictures of her oh that she had sent to no words, no text, nothing. So I just I, randomly I start sending you. her. I fucking worship you. That is and so please tell good. me she's like in the middle of a Pilates class. Oh, she's class. teaching a bar class and she look and I'm just firing up all these pictures and videos on her phone. I'm la 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 la. She obviously now knows that she's caught. That night, I get a phone call from a girlfriend who lives next to my studio, and she's like, um, so and so, my ex and my business partner are at the studio with a U-Haul. They unloaded like $50,000 worth of stop Pilates equipment out of the studio. So she's like, do you want to come here? And I'm like, if I show up at that, it's like 10 o'clock at night. If I show up at that studio, I'm going to jail for murder. So I'm going to stay sure. in my house. But wait, wait, isn't that theft? So a lot of people said this to me, but when you're half of a business partner and you own half of the shit, it's not really theft. How do you steal from your own company? Because she was the Pilates queen. This was her just saying, I'm going to take my shit and go and good luck to you. I have Pilates clients, a lot of them, that use that equipment every fucking day. Now, to add another level of fuckery to this, I've got all these Pilates clients and I have to tell them, I'm sorry, you can't do Pilates until I figure out how to come up with a new Cadillac and four new reformers and barrels and chairs and all the shit that I need to run my business. Yeah, just when you think it can't get any worse, they oh, do wait, something no, shittier. Oh wait, no way, are they ready? It gets worse. No, it can't. It does. It can't possibly. Uh, let me tell you, so I go, I go into the studio, the loft is completely empty. Not one screw from a machine, nothing. All the Pilates equipment is gone. I go to check my bank account and she drained half of it in our leanest month. I mean, we have a seasonal business. It's March. It's my lean month. So wait, so, but this is the thing is she's responsible for half the lease, the rent, the, all the expenses. They're not just on you. How the hell do you get out of this situation and just cut these psycho fuckers off? So, yeah, uh, basically my uh, brilliant accountant and my lawyer just backed them both into a corner. And because she took so much money and X amount of dollars worth of equipment, I ended up not having to give her a dime. I mean, I had to go buy all new Pilates equipment and I was out the money that she took out of the account. But, you know, there was probably a 72 hour period there where I was on the brink of like a nervous fucking breakdown. Of course question so you've obviously moved on your very handsome boyfriend's actually in the room with us so where are you today I guess when I tell this story, a lot of people's first reaction is, I'm so sorry, which is the last thing that I ever would, I don't want people's pity. When you're going through it, you can't see it, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was like I lost a limb. I mean, it was such dead weight, both of them. It was truly, it needed to happen. It happened in a really shitty, fucked up way, but I'm so grateful that it happened. I'm my own boss. I am not, you know, in a really super shitty marriage being taken advantage of. I remember at one point, it was right around the time when, you know, she had taken the money and took all my equipment and I was using my own personal credit cards to try to fund the business and I was pulling money from anywhere I could and I went to my accountant's office and I was hysterical crying, sobbing. And uh, my accountant grabbed me by the shoulders and she, I was like, why is this happening to me? And she looked at me and she was like, this isn't happening to you. This is happening for you. And those words just resonated ever since she said that to me. Not only did they resonate with me, but I feel like when I have friends that are going through shit I, I tell them the same thing I'm like you have to just fucking trust it sucks so bad but you just have to trust that the universe throws shit at you sometimes and it might be difficult but it's so something else can open up for you a hundred percent and literally that is why we started this podcast it's why I wrote my book because the fact is it's like every messy situation is an opportunity mm-hmm. right and some of them are way harder and way worse than others but to grab the mess that you had by the proverbial balls mm-hmm. and 
literally say like, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna own it, I'm gonna lean into it, I'm gonna deal with it, but I'm gonna use that as an opportunity to grow. Do you know if they're still together? Uh, to my knowledge, they are still together and good because they should be ruining each they other's lives. They deserve each other. They definitely deserve each they other. They deserve each other. And I just want to thank you for coming on and oh, being so transparent because me. like Kane said, it's only through you sharing your story that people who might be going through something similar and as crazy as it is, there are people out there who are going through something similar. Absolutely. Thousands. Yeah, yeah. And it, as crazy as that sounds, so you coming and sharing just let somebody know that one, they're not alone and two, they can come out the other side stronger, which I know you have. It's very hard to see that in the moment. Yeah. But I know that and the business is thriving too. Yes, uh, more so now that I'm solo. I mean, Lorraine's story is just, oh my God, that's a, just a lot to deal with. But I am bringing on one of my favorite cleanup crew, my friend, the inimitable Terry Cole. She's a psychotherapist, a relationship expert, and the author of the amazing book, Boundary Boss. And I know she's got something to say about this messy situation. Terry, I mean, did you take it all in? Yeah, I did. I did. And I really appreciate Lorraine's candor and her sharing and all that she was doing and her courage. I mean, there was vulnerability in sharing her story, but there was also so much courage. And she is so not alone in her experience. As unbelievable as some of these scenarios are, they're never isolated. They're very rarely isolated. And as drastic or messy as the situation seems, there's definitely other people who are dealing with very similar situations. So we're not just talking to Lorraine here. We're talking to everybody. Exactly. Once we go through a situation like that, how do we, from the get-go, draw those boundaries that keep us safe, keep our psyche safe, keep our emotions safe without being too guarded, right? Because there's a point at which too many boundaries doesn't let anybody in. Well, well, you're right. That's the extremes, right? Either they're too porous, which is too easy, too malleable, or they're too rigid, which is like having a moat and like, you know, alligators around you in life. And we don't want to do either one of those things. So I think the first thing, Michelle, is don't let things go. The moment you see a red flag, the moment you have a little knot in your stomach about something that's happening with a friend or a business partner or your partner, you stop and go, what did my body wisdom just tell me? What is happening now? Write it down. Even if you don't have the words in that moment, don't let it go. Because in that moment, when you let it go, you are self-abandoning. You are choosing peace over health. And it's temporary peace because eventually, right, that, that didn't keep Lorraine safe and that doesn't keep most people safe, not saying anything because we lie to ourselves. We go, I'm just being paranoid. Maybe I'm just being ridiculous. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe they didn't do it. Maybe I'm just being whatever. We don't trust ourselves. And yet what I'm saying to anybody listening, trust your gut. Write it down. Talk it out with a trusted friend. Like, this is the situation. What do you think about it? Every time a client would come to me and be like, I think I'm just being paranoid. What would end up happening? I'm like, why are you saying you're being paranoid? Look at the evidence. What evidence do you have of what you are saying? I love this advice. It's so relatable and we've all done that, right? We've all let things go by that we knew 
in our gut, like you said, the body wisdom was whispering and then screaming in our ears and we ignored it. And honestly, the worst thing that could happen is if you are wrong, a strong relationship can overcome that as long as it's not an attack. And this is like about just acknowledging your feelings and then tracking them, really. It's like the writing it down piece, even if you don't say something right away, you're not letting it go because you've, you've made a point, at least to yourself. And with boundaries, right? The language of boundaries, you can say, hey, I'd like to make a simple request that, for example, if you know when I if I call you and you can't pick up, that you shoot me a quick text so I know that you're okay and I know that everything is okay, or whatever it is, we can ask to get our needs met instead of making all these assumptions about what other people should know about us. It's our responsibility to be clear about what we need and what we want and what we expect because we're managing the expectations of others and we're managing our own expectations. And then know? it also makes it clearer when all those boundaries are being crossed, right? So in the in Lorraine's case, she actually did draw that boundary where she said, please don't talk to my husband. And when she found out that that boundary was breached, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And so by actually articulating that boundary, which she did at a certain point, then she was so clear on when it got crossed and when she couldn't go forward. So I think that's actually a really great example of when that kicked in for her. Yep, that that's a really good point, right? Because then she knew. She's like, oh, this was intentional. I was clear, she agreed, and then she breached. How do you draw boundaries with people that you have to deal with, whether they're in your social circle, so you can't avoid them altogether, or maybe they're a friend that you don't want to cut out of your life, but you need to sort of manage, things like that. How do we start to form those boundaries? I mean, it is really difficult because you you feel like you're being mean or something. Yeah, that's just one of the myths of boundaries, right? I wrote a whole book about it because we need them so bad. And and really, ultimately, when we are clear about our boundaries, which according to me are about your preferences, your limits, and your deal breakers, when we are actively communicating them, we are protecting. It's the most loving thing you can do because we're actually protecting our relationships from blowing up by being really clear. So part of it is looking. You know who the difficult people are in your life. You know who the people are who are sort of the boundary bullies. They're kind of always stepping over. They want more than you want to give. Be clear within yourself. Set boundaries. We are teaching people how to treat us every minute of the day. So if you're someone and that person at work is getting in touch with you on the weekends and that's a boundary breach for you, don't respond to them. Be clear. Hey, when I'm out of here at five, everything will happen on Monday at nine when I get back and someone's paying me. Nothing says I'm not working on the weekends to your, your co-worker, right? I'm not talking about your boss because that's a whole different situation. <laughs> that's a whole different thing for sure. Right, when you have a power differential. But nothing says I'm not working on the weekends by not picking up their call, right? By actually not doing it, where we could be annoyed, but so much of the time we'll do the thing we don't want to do and then be like, I can't believe Betty, she's so entitled, blah, blah, blah. Don't do it. And I like your point about how boundaries can preserve a relationship and protect a relationship because I think that's a really positive way to look at it. I mean, obviously drawing boundaries is healthy and we don't do it enough, but I love the idea that it can actually help a relationship, a friendship, a romantic relationship, a business relationship thrive. And I think that's a really important point and distinction to make 
because I don't think we think of boundaries like that. We think of it as like keeping somebody out when really it's allowing them in enough to form a healthy relationship. I think that's an amazing takeaway, an amazing perspective shift. Perfectly stated, Michelle. That's exactly what it's about. And it can protect us from the painful situation that Lorraine went through. Absolutely. Nobody wants to go through that if they can avoid it. And we thank her so much for sharing her story. And thank you, Terry, for your great advice. Boundary Boss is such an amazing book. We all need it. We all need to draw more boundaries and work towards healthier relationships. So thank you so much for being with Messy Situations. Thank you so much for having me, friend. And so on that note, we end every episode by blessing the mess. Bless you. Give you the best of luck. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And so appreciate the honesty and integrity. And kudos for you for just being the better person in this whole situation. And thank you, Lorraine, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Lorraine. And thank you for listening to us. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Messy Situations is a production of Lola Media and is produced and engineered by Riley McCaskill with assistant producer Mesh Lakani.